Welcome to Trilodron Behind the Scenes. I'm Chad Corey. Episode 20, April News and Updates. Well, hello and welcome again to Trilodon Behind the Scenes. I'm Chad Corey, and we already are into April. Wow, the year just keeps flying by here. Hopefully you've been able to have a good and enjoyable time thus far as we continue to move into the second quarter of 2022. I just wanted to share a quick little reminder here for those that might not be aware of it or those that do. Maybe it's another, like I said, reinforcement or reminder is that if you have any questions, comments, commentary, or anything you want to share about the podcast in general, please feel free to send it to at behind, that's B-E-H-I-N-D, at Chad Corey, that's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot com. And I'll do my best to accommodate the, what comes in if there's questions or things I can address on the podcast, or if there are things or feedback that you're sharing, maybe I can use that to make the podcast a little bit more uh, tailored to different people's interests, perhaps, if, that's, if there seems to be a pattern or, or so on and so forth. Or if you just wanted to share a fun update, I'm always curious to see where people are who get access to this podcast or how they get access to it. It helps me kind of maintain an understanding of the general reach and scope of where this is going and kind of, like I said, who's benefiting from it and uh, see what I can do to make sure I maintain the efforts on that front and make sure it's still something of an interest and uh, use to those that want to continue partaking of it. So that's a little PSA there. Uh, we have a kind of a different episode today. It's going to be kind of a two-parter in some ways. I was able to do a fun, dramatic recording or ep- uh, excerpt, I guess you can say, for Trial of the Wizard King. And I will put that at the tail end of this particular podcast uh, in order to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Trial of the Wizard King coming out. It doesn't seem like it, but it's already been a year since I was out there promoting people to get a hold of and take advantage of the second book in the Wizard King trilogy. It came out on April 13th of 2021, and obviously it's been a year since then. So like I said, the year just keeps flying by, and it's just amazing to know that it's been that long already since it was out there. Of course, there were some challenges and such when it was originally released, uh, given the fact that the whole trilogy, for the most part, was put out during the, the throes of the, uh, whatever you want to call it, yeah, <laughs> pandemic, flu, fear, COVID, whatever, you know, like I said, whatever people want to call it. And so it was a challenge to kind of get it out there into the bookstores, number one, but then, of course, to make people aware of it, because obviously there was a whole just glut of material coming out because a lot of it was delayed initially and then kind of got pushed into that release cycle of that period of time. So everything was kind of just, you know, coming together for the, the perfect storm in a not so positive way, shall we say. But we were still able and graced and blessed to get out there and uh, make people aware of it to the best of our ability. And it has been in the stores and on the shelves ever since. So thank you so much for all of your support. If you had a hand in doing that, whether you were a, a you know, salesperson, a bookseller, a shipper, receiver, what you know, whatever capacity you help get it there and, and onto the shelves and make people aware of it. I really do appreciate it. And if you were a person who picked it up, uh, supported it, bought it, read it, what have you, got it from the library, whatever the case might be, thank you again for your support on that effort. I really do appreciate that. 
And hopefully, like I said, it was something that you found worth your time and investment uh, with the overall series. So that being said, let's kind of do a little transition to what's going on for this podcast. I want to share a few things that are going on with the behind the scenes things, obviously, as far as they pertain to upcoming uh, titles and other things I have in the works. Obviously, on this podcast, we talk about Trollerton, so I'm going to focus primarily on the news. If you haven't heard about it yet, we made the official announcement that the Shadow Region will be coming out next year. The goal is to shoot for spring of 2023, and I am confident we will meet that goal. Things seem to be moving in a very, actually a very nice projection toward that end. We're in the process now of getting the sketches for the cover, which I believe will be a very awesome looking cover and have a very strong image and uh, composition that will grab people and bring them to the shelves and have them pick up the book. It's That's obviously, obviously the goal of having a strong cover to do that, but this one in particular I think will be really fun to do because it allows us to share some more of the imagery and characters that we had a little bit of a taste of with the Wizard King trilogy, but we never really got in a more traditional, shall we say, artistically rendered form. I'm not going to get into too much more detail on that at the moment, but suffice it to say there, there's going to be some uh, some gods and stuff on the cover and some other things that I think will be fun because we've never had that opportunity before to, to showcase them. So uh, the book itself is a standalone novel, and it does continue. I, it's kind of a it's it's a standalone novel. There's, the story is completely contained within itself. Let's just say that, but it does kind of follow on the aftermath of the Wizard King trilogy simply because you know that happened, and now people are living with the aftermath of what took place. But it's not something where you have to read the whole trilogy in order to get what's going on in this book. That's that's not the case. They're just Everything I write from here on out will probably have, you know, elements that connect into previous work just because they, you know, establish the current reality in which the present story is being told. But it's not going to be something where you have to go back and, you know, read the entire books that came before in order to make sense of what's going on with the present title. So that's, for me, a great opportunity to make this a standalone introductory story to people that might be interested in learning more about perhaps a different element of the world that we didn't really get a chance to explore too deeply, and that would be the cosmology and the the realm of the gods. So I think that would be really fun to dig into and let people get a different feel, a different side of Trollodon that they might not have you know been able to access or maybe always wanted to know about in general, and we're able to do that now. So I'm really excited about that. Plus, I'm, it's just great to have one book and not have to have you know an ongoing saga or a series to promote and, and pitch in general to have to the marketplace. I added into that, I'm in the process of doing a new, well, new, actually, I'm writing it right now as I'm speaking to you, well, not as I'm speaking to you, but I'm writing it during the present time of this recording. It is going to be a series of uh, mini-series, comic mini-series, dealing with a group, a totally different, totally new group of characters in a different part of the world, different time period in the world, actually going back in the past telling some things there that took place, but telling it in a comic book form and format. So I'm really looking forward to that. So far, it's been kind of interesting how it's been developing. The story is still obviously fresh and being processed and being put together, as a lot of that is when you write a new story. But so far, I'm, th- I'm liking the way it's going. I think it has a very good, uh, strong element to it, and I can see it being along 
an ongoing concept that can be explored for you know future installments, future miniseries, and such. So the plan is to have a, a couple different miniseries about a couple different uh, groups of people, uh, again, all over the world and all different time periods and such, and explore the world of Trolloden through that format, more of a visually heavy focus, I guess you can say, allowing us to showcase more of the terrain, the people, the cultures and all that kind of stuff in a visual way, but also having a more fast-paced story that you might not necessarily be able to have in a, even a short story collection or, or things like that, simply because obviously graphic novels are a much faster story medium than a, than a book is, in that it's, like I said before, very visually oriented. So you're basically looking at pictures which tell you the story, and then you're just reading the dialogue that kind of tells you what people are saying. So and that, like I said, I'm looking forward to making more stories with that, seeing where it goes, and hopefully being able to share more information about that. I don't have a whole lot I can pass on at this point in time. I just want to let you know I'm working on that as well. It's another fun thing in the works. With the update on the Rainier's Legacy short story collection, I'm happy to report that we have finally got the proofing done, which is great. Um, the editing's been done, the proofing's been done, the layout's been done, the proofing of the layout's been done. So it is basically ready to go to print. The challenge I'm having now, unfortunately, is because, I, again, previously, for those who don't know, this is something that I'd be looking to publish myself through my own company. Uh, at least that's the initial idea here. I'm still going to continue to explore. But I have not been able to, at the point of this recording, been able to find a successful distribution system, which I'd like to explore and, and get into the market. For those who know me in other podcasts or other uh, things I shared in the past, it, printing it is, is not really the issue. Anyone can print a book and, and get a book out there. It's the, it comes down to distribution and into marketing where really the rubber meets the road and it separates you know books that actually get picked up and make money and books that kind of just languish somewhere on the ether web and people don't really know they exist. So my, my desire has always been to find a, a strong means of distribution that will actually get physical copies in store shelves. And that's still my goal and desire at this point in time. Like I said, I'd just been not able to find that up until this point in time that worked to my you know, preferences. There's a lot out there, obviously, but I right now, being that it's a new company that I'm launching here and getting it out there, you know, I don't always meet the qualifications for a lot of the places that are looking to uh, distribute books. That said, there is an option that might be something that could be explored, but it's not 100%, and it's not maybe not going to be until next year at the earliest. So that's not ideal because I wanted to try and still get something out this year, but I'll, you know, I'll do the best that I'm able and be led the rest best way on that. But that's kind of where the update is on that. So, you know, worst case scenario is, uh, you know, nothing comes out this year on that, but the book is done. And so maybe I can explore doing an ebook option or an audio only option or, or something to that effect. So I will keep you posted on that. I don't want this to become something that just sits there and doesn't accomplish anything, especially after I've invested some decent money into it as far as getting you know, the cover art, the layout, the production of it basically done, uh, short of getting it printed and uh, distributed. So I will keep you informed on that and you know, let you guys know what's going on on that. And if you guys have any ideas or insights, or maybe somebody listening to this is actually a company that that distributes books and puts them into the marketplace. You know, feel free to shoot me off an email, like I said, you know, behind at chad, uh, chadcory.com and just let me know if there's a possibility of exploring options that way. 
I am still looking at, uh, I should say, I'm open also to looking at foreign rights translations of the books, which I, I own the rights to. Um, I don't know at this point in time the best course of action to go on that. I have had some previous experience with translation rights, but it's a kind of a different market now since the whole the shutdown, lockdown, shutdown, lockdown cycle and getting back into a period of normalcy again. So I'm trying to make sense of how that goes because every country is a little bit different and they have their own challenges they're trying to work through as they try and get back to the road to normalcy as well. So it's not the same market that I was dealing with, you know, four or five years ago with doing foreign rights and things like that. So I'm trying to learn that in between some other stuff. But again, if you know someone out there or if you are someone out there who does foreign rights or looks at foreign rights for things, I'd be happy to explore an option and see what might be possible on that front. And I think, last but not least, to kind of give you a little wrap-up of what's going on, we are looking at, uh, like I said, the box set is still looking pretty good. We are looking at still having it come out 2022. I don't have any real solid numbers to, to kind of hint at at this point in time. The, the, the Random House people are out there selling the book, pitching the book to various um, buyers and, and, and companies and such, everything from the chain stores to libraries to independent stores and everything in between we can possibly think of. And I should have an information or a rough idea back on how that looks pretty soon, like probably about mid to late May. So maybe by the time I do the next podcast, I can share a little bit on that. But again, those numbers are going to be basically rough because they can ultimately change and usually do oftentimes for the better people get more copies ordered in than what they originally kind of allocated and and things like that but it does give you kind of a working idea of what you might be having to to deal with as far as orders and such i'm looking forward to seeing how it looks i really do think as i said before that a box set is a great way to introduce readers to the series it's a great way for stores because it's a one-stop purchase option People can just pick up all three copies at once. They don't have to worry about trying to come back and, oh, is this book going to be here next time or is it out of stock right now? You know, because we've had that challenge before with the with the reprint. And that's kind of a nice segue into that commentary, too, is for those who haven't been able to get a copy of Return of the Wizard King, the first book in the Wizard King trilogy, that is now, as far as I know, at the time of this recording in process of being shipped out from the printer, finally, which means it will be available in bookstores in the next couple weeks, if not sooner, and it will be available online and all the other places where you might not have been able to take advantage of it. It's it's very unfortunate that we had to have that leg in there where things were really just taking off after the, the Christmas book signing time period I was doing for the last book tour for Triumph of the Wizard King, and then all of a sudden the book is no longer available. So, I mean, whatever you had on the stores... It, it sold out, and once it sold out in the stores, they were not able to get additional copies in, which, again, is unfortunate because that's the first book of a trilogy. It might be doable or survivable if it was like the third or second book. Maybe you can, you know, at least weather the storm for a couple months at least, but if it's the first book, it's kind of challenging if you want people to read the trilogy, and it's like, well, how do I get the first book? So I appreciate your patience if that's you who have been un- unable to find it. I-, I thank you again for all the stores who might be listening or just in general all the people that help support it, I really do appreciate that. And it's just unfortunate that the stores and people that have been so supportive of it, unfortunately, a lot of times wound up having very little to no copies for a period of time. At least initially, they're able to coast, I think, a lot of them. But as the months have dragged on here, um, obviously, 
it's gotten to the point now where I'm looking and people actually have it listed as sold out on some venues, which it is sold out, but it's not out of print. But it's just, it's kind of the challenge. Like I said, I just, I'm believing we're not going to have a loss of momentum on that and be able to keep things going because it, it still continues to, to move and people are, are getting it, picking it up. So it's finally time to get it in there. But I, I'm just saying that all to say, basically, if you haven't had a chance to get a copy of book one yet and begin the series, now would be the opportunity to do so. For whatever reason, uh, knowing what they knew already, they chose to do kind of a smaller print run initially for this reprint, which kind of surprised me given the fact that it was it has been and continues to do very well. And we already have a big backlog of back orders that had to be filled and some other things that have already allocated copies. So again, saying all that to say, if you want to get a copy of Return of the Wizard King, in the next couple months here, I recommend if you can find it, pick it up because it's possible that it might not be around that long again as we move into another things being sold out and then they got to print some more copies. So there's that. Um, the benefit, the plus side with that is that they will be having to print some more copies when they do the printing for the box set. So they're waiting for a final total and tally on that to see how many copies they'll need for the initial um you know, books to be included with the box set. So they might be able to do a, another, you know, boost in that and get some more copies in there just in time for for Christmas and fall and all the kind of good stuff when books start picking up again for gifts. So that, I think, is the updates I'll be able to share at this point in time. Again, thank you for your support and help on all this. And again, questions, commentary, concerns, whatever, you can share them with me and I'll be able to see how best I can answer them in uh, ensuing episodes. Otherwise, do please feel free to check and follow me out online. You can follow me on social media at Creator Chad and at Trollodren. That's T-R-A-L-O-D-R-E-N. And that will all be on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm also on YouTube under Chad Corey. And I just shared a reading uh, for the second uh, one-year anniversary of Book 2 on YouTube as well. So if you want to take advantage of that, maybe not try and scrub to the end of this podcast every time you hear a, a sample reading of it, you can take advantage of that as well. And you can also subscribe to my newsletter. Just go to the website, chadcory.com, and there should be a button or option there you can click on. That'll let you sign up, and I do keep people informed. And I semi-regular basis. I don't spam you, but I do try and share things I think would be of a benefit or of interest to you and keep you informed to some extent on what is transpiring. So with that being said, here is the sample or dramatic reading of Trial of the Wizard King. This is probably one of of my more favorite scenes in the book, if I had a favorite scene, just because of the way it turned out. And I was surprised it turned out even better when I read it and added the music and the sound effects and things. It just really, really came alive. So here it is. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for your time and your support. And we'll check you next month. Thanks for listening. One Year Anniversary Special Reading of Trial of the Wizard King Book 2 of the Wizard King Trilogy by Chad Corey Read by Chad Corey Begin the ceremony. The head priest clapped his hands together. The chamber became filled with dry, low chanting in a language that none of the priests truly understood. It pulsated with an eldritch power, flooding the stone walls and floor, seeping into the cultist inky cloaks and causing the very air to tingle with energy. Hail the Lord of Shadows, our Master and our God. The group fell prostrate as the prayer began. Shador, the head priest said, raising his hands above his head, keeping the glowing necklace grasped in his left hand all the while. 
I call you forth, great Lord, appear to us, make known your will. The room began skittering between the realms of the spirit and matter. From this divide, a great inky coil shot out like a bolt of lightning, striking the ground between the prostate followers and their leader. The image that followed was unclear and shaky, ethereal and transient as it blurred and then resolved itself before settling with a type of watery clarity. Never more than a moment in a sharp, true image, the vision stood seven feet tall and swam with the shadowy form of a violet-eyed man. I have come, Shedor said in Taboros. His voice was deep and booming. Dust from the corners of the room fell around him with his echoing thunder. Praise Shedor, the cultist chanted. Great god of shadow. The head priest fell prostrate before his god, kneeling on the top step of his diocese a short distance from his throne. I'm humbled to present this token. As you have requested, we have retrieved the necklace. Shador stared at the head priest with his blazing eyes, giving the impression of twin violet stars burning in the night. You've done well. A slit of white tore across the darkness of his face. Thank you, Lord. The head priest let his head fall to his chest. Shador extended his hand. Give it to me. The head priest held the necklace up, averting his eyes so as not to fully look upon the shifting form of his god. As Shador took hold of the necklace, a change came to the air of the chamber. It was an incredible increase in heat to such a degree that the air in the chamber exploded in a violent fireball. Flames shot from the center of the room, burning many of the cultists where they kneeled while illuminating everything else with a brilliant flash of light. Commotion overtook the fervent worshippers as flaming cultists scattered like grain in the wind, expelling pain-soaked screams as their garments blazed and skin melted away. The explosion also sparked smaller fires, which pooled and slithered around the room, seeking objects to devour, tapestries and similar materials burst into flame. In the aftermath, a shape could be seen in the center of the room where the explosion had arisen. Unaffected by fire or even heat, this figure rose from its crouched position with one even motion. By his hand, a long sword appeared as the figure marched towards Shador's flickering image and the trembling cultist who still remained unharmed from the flames. Who dares defy my temple? Shador snarled at the man approaching. Retribution. While still dressed in the dark garb Dugan had worn to kill the mare, he'd been transformed into a vessel of revenge, a reflection of the god that burned inside of him. His face had become a frightening thing, twisting and pulling against his flesh in unchallenged rage and lust for revenge. His hair also pulsated with life, sparking with odd tongues of flame that didn't burn as they danced around his ashen blonde locks like snakes amid tall grass. These same tongues of flames flared out from his body in short bursts of self-contained combustion. Others wrapped around his muscular frame like veins, a sign of the gift of Remenos, who transported him to the cultist's chamber. You have the Flame Lord's mantle upon you, Shador said, cringing. I'll not challenge Remonos today. Shador's murky shape dissipated as quickly as warm breath in winter, leaving his followers to their fate. Great Lord! The head priest desperately reached for the lingering black mist, only to lay hold of nothing. Your god seems as reliable as your promises. Yugan gritted his teeth and ran right for the center of the priest. Tiny gouts of flame trailed behind him as he released his flaming sword high. The helpless cultists scattered before him. They'd lost their arrogance. Secrecy fell away like a simple puff of smoke. Fear and the need for survival took its place. Dugan pulled the dagger and threw it into the back of one of the fleeing cultists. 
The weapon burst into flame when it hit the air before it ate into the victim's flesh. He threw a second, taking grim delight at how it lodged into the pale-skinned throat of another. His victim turned so violently that his hood fell, revealing the face of a middle-aged balding Talborian. For a moment his eyes flared wide before the flaming dagger sliced his neck, spilling and spraying blood in an explosive fountain. The pale man stood a moment more, swaying on his heels before he crumbled to the floor, his body to be trampled by the fleeing cultist. Who's next? Dugan roared. As much as part of him knew what was to follow this bloody work, he did his best to revel in this massive swell of power, pure anger, and hatred flowing through his veins. He'd never feel such freedom and power again. Speechless and unable to act, the cultists knew the deepest and most gripping kind of horror. Dugan watched with delight as his weapon did its work. Flames still flickered from his body, and he felt the heated breath of his master upon him. Remanos wouldn't leave him until he drunk deep of the vengeful one's cup. Like stalks of corn at the farmer's blade, the priests of Shador fell. Amid the blood and black cloth, crunching bone, bursts of flame, and flesh-rending screams, death latched hold of all. How many fell by Dugan's blade, he'd never know. It was just a macabre dance in which he decapitated, disemboweled, and maimed his victims with a malevolent lust and skilled hand. His weapon shattered their frames within moments of contact, sending them howling to Astrolok's gates. In a very short span of time, the room was littered with cultists who had either fallen by Dugan's fiery blade or been overcome by the smoke or heat from the swelling fire. The others fled down the various hallways like the rats they were. The fallen bodies started to burn as tentacles of fire crept farther into the room, ever hungry for more to devour. Fire left unchecked when it was first bombed by Dugan's entrance had grown so much that the room was alight. Smoke curled around the corners of the ceiling and slithered out of the open doorways, hovering at head level as it tried to claw its way away from the growing inferno. A few heartbeats more on the flames would have conquered all, but a few heartbeats were all he would need. He'd saved the head priest for last, who could do nothing but watch Dugan sprint up the dais. His god had left him, his fellow cultists were dead or had fled, and now he realized his own life was forfeit. The priest reached for the dagger he kept in his belt, but the action was in vain. Dugan's searing blade plunged into his flesh the same moment he pulled the dagger free. Burgundy blood seeped in small ways from his gut, pumping out of him with a sporadic rhythm. Dugan himself was covered in a fine mist of it as he continued his deadly assault, maddened by the slaughter and satisfaction of retribution. In response to the attack, the leader stabbed Dugan's chest. The wounded priest was unable to pull the dagger back out, his body already too weak to stand. The blade dug deep into Dugan's left breast, near his heart, but he didn't cry out in pain. Even as the rivers of crimson flowed from the wound, his mind was set on only one resolution. I'm tired of being lied to and cheated. Dugan snarled as he locked into the dying priest's dimming eyes. You're all liars, all of you. He yanked his sword free with a savage growl. With a mighty downward thrust, he lopped off the priest's left arm. Ra Sinu dangled from the laceration, drooling blood. The priest could do nothing, not even voice his own agony. His arm tumbled helpless to the floor, where its fingers twitched in sporadic thralls. Dugan watched with a heaving chest, coughing bloody phlegm amid the thickening smoke from the growing inferno. The priest's life faded away, dwindling to a faint trickle before leaving him as cold and empty as his flagstone floor upon which he fell. Satisfied, he welcomed his own end. Throwing his sword to the base of the dais, he ripped the dagger free from his chest. 
The wound flared to life, releasing greater streams of blood that grew into raging rivers. He didn't care. He'd done what he had come to do, and now it was over. He lifted his face and arms above him. I'm ready now, he shouted amid syrupy coughs. I've nothing left. Nowhere to go. No one to help. Take me, if I'm yours, then, he stumbled down the diocese, falling to the floor beside it to land hard on his lower back. To his right, he noticed his blood-painted sword. The ravenous flames enveloping it had left. The weapon was now lifeless and cold, like he'd be in a few more breaths. He felt lightheaded, his vision blurred, no matter. All around him, the fire raged, smoke drawing a tight stranglehold over his throat. The heat had cracked and shattered many of the bricks of the room, causing the ceiling to creak and moan in protest. His doom was fast approaching, and he welcomed it with open arms. Flattened by the roof, burned alive, or drained of blood. Either way, he joined Remenos soon enough. The following reading is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.